15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We're standing in the sanctuary of St. Hagop Armenian Church in Pinellas Park, Florida. Our pastor is Reverend Father Hovnan Demerchian. And the altar that we're looking at features what we call the Matateu, the Mother of God. And we're going to be interviewing Father on the theology of the church, the Armenian church, and the history of the architecture as well. As Jerry pans around, we'll see other aspects of this beautiful church here in the middle of Pinellas County, Florida in Pinellas Park. Various saints and miracles attributed to the Armenian church. The church holds around two, three hundred people. And we're looking at the baptism of Christ, which is a very popular icon in the Byzantine culture and art. And now let's go to the interview. Hello, this is Father Louis Skirty. I am here in St. Hagop, otherwise called St. James in English, but this is Armenian. St. Hagop Armenian Church here in Pinellas Park, Florida. And my guest is the pastor, Father Hovnan Demergian. He is also Armenian and I am thrilled to be here because it's such a, a step between the East and the West churches. And uh, we are, as Pope John Paul said once, we're two lungs in one body. Father, thank you very much for having us. Thank you. I really appreciate being yeah, here. Yeah, very good. Great to have you here and great to be on your, your show. Thank you. Yeah. It's funny how uh, Jerry and I passed the church a few months ago, and <laughs> only because it's a beautiful church, we decided to come in and visit. And then we met you, yeah. and the ball started rolling. And the spirit took over. You got it, you got it. <laughs> okay, um, I think for, for our audience, it's usually a Roman Catholic audience, but um, I think the, the introduction to another aspect of Christian worship is important. So let's, let's go to the theology. Let's say how we are related as a church, a Christian church. Um, we're related that we share um, a common history, uh, a totally common history until uh, the Council of Chalcedon and in the, the fifth century. And at that point, um, our church took a uh, maybe a minor detour, or I think now most theologians and uh, thinkers in the church think that it's more of a linguistic difference uh, about peculiarities of Greek and, um, and whatnot. Uh, oh. But uh, the Oriental Orthodox churches, which we are a part of, um, they affirmed all of the councils until the Council of Chalcedon, 
Um, and then uh, they didn't necessarily reject councils thereafter. Um, they just uh, felt that uh, there was a definition of the nature uh, of God and man in Christ uh, that we wanted to leave more in the mystery uh, and, and not speak more about. Um, but that being said, uh, since then there's been dialogue back and forth that again basically um, has said that that is a linguistic issue of the past that uh, our churches share a, a common history uh, before then and since then. And um, certainly uh, our church has been in contact uh, historically uh, in the present day much with the Catholic Church has uh, gained much from the Catholic Church's witness. Mm. Uh, and we also hope that our small little church has uh, done a little something to add to the universal witness of the church as well. Small little church. Yeah. You're located originally in Armenia, northern, north of Turkey. Uh, Ar Armenia is uh, east of Turkey, okay. uh, north of Iran, okay. south of Georgia, and, and west of Azerbaijan. So um, a very difficult place to be Christian, yes, historically yes. and currently. Sure. Um, it's sort of the edge of, well, it's, it's uh, edge of Europe and uh, in the Middle East or, or Asia. And so um, really, if I was to point to a theological difference and commonality between the Armenian church, I would say something like this, that if, um, and this goes to the history and our practice of worship, um, that if, if the Catholic church has a special devotion to Mary and, and her hymns and her, um, and her celebrations and her feasts and her prayers, um, our church has a special devotion to the cross, I would say. Um, the cross is uh, featured all over the church. We have special hymns to it. We have four feasts to the cross. Mm. Um, our, um, our, our gravestones are all finely etched crosses, um, uh, mm. traditional gravestones. Um, I think that that um, hanging on to the cross um, at, in a part of the world where just um, surviving and remaining uh, yourself uh, as Christian Armenians was uh, sort of our witness as Christians um, to the uh, the staying and delivering power of Christ, and um, how how strong is the church now in Armenia? So, the church in Armenia has, uh, like many post-Soviet countries, it's had a renaissance in the last you know 25 years. Uh, about 70 Good. years of communism right. uh, took its toll on the church, um, but and this gets back into history that maybe we'll talk about uh, more, but. At the turn of the century, uh, a million and a half Armenians were, were slaughtered by the Ottoman government, and so the choice was basically between that sword and being a part of uh, the now new Soviet revolution. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's what our homeland chose and uh, endured, and for some aspects, I think, uh, uh, made the best of, uh, but the church certainly suffered and now it's had a renaissance in the past 25 years. The other piece of that picture is all of the people who escaped from the genocide um, and at earlier points of persecution in our history left the area of traditional Armenian homelands and formed a, a large diaspora um, such that uh, for actually centuries there's been um, nearly as many people outside the traditional homeland as inside. Good, yeah. good. Um, I know outside the church is a beautiful, uh, sad, a marker uh, indicating the genocide and I know when um, our Pope Francis mm -hmm. referred to the anniversary he also called it a genocide uh, the Ar the Ottomans trying to e eradicate you might say the Armenians 
and I also know that in, and we'll go outside later and talk in front of the, the sure. monument, I also know that the United Nations has not accepted that term in reference to that event in the early 1900s. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure about the United Nations, perhaps, but the yeah, United I, States hasn't. Um, right, yes, right. The United States hasn't. One of my guests was uh, from the UN, and okay. she, she sadly she re responded, because yeah. I told her I was coming, and okay. she said just, it's not, just not cohesively agreed upon yet. It's not. Terminology, but the event is was yeah. disastrous. Sure, yeah, it's, it's not agreed. <clears throat> it's pretty much agreed uh, historically by anyone who cares to know uh, politically. It's obviously very difficult right. because uh, Turkey is such a great ally right. of the right. United States. Right. Um, but the uh, genocide, um, Pope Francis has been a great friend uh, to Armenians in that in 2015 that was the 100th anniversary yes. and commemoration of that genocide right. that's why we have the monument that we'll see um, it was built on that occasion uh, but also there were worldwide events to uh, recognize commemorate and uh, recognize our newest saints of our church um, who in the back of our church if you could see there's a, a, a mural and a painting commemorating en masse those who um, died for their faith uh, in the genocide. And um, Pope Francis not only used the word genocide, he had um, hosted the Armenian church at St. Peter's Basilica, and he also elevated to be a doctor of the Universal Church um, our uh, Gregory of Nautic, um, one mm. of our spiritual poets who wrote a beautiful work of Lamentations. Right. And so that was also an unexpected um, support, I guess, yes, affirmation. Yes, yes, and he's full of yeah. surprises every day. We love, <laughs> right. I love him for that. Right. We're going to talk more about that period in history later on, outside sure. especially. But you brought the cross, yes. uh, and you, yeah. you said it's significant. It's the same cross that basically is on the top of the church. Sure. And it's in the, the iconography of the building as well as the pews. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the design of that cross. Even more, the whole Armenian churches are basically shaped in crosses too. So um, if you had an aerial view of the church, you would see that it is in the shape of a cross. And um, as I said, it is, uh, it is the symbol par excellence, along with Christ, of uh, the lived Armenian tradition of following Christ. And it, it does have significant features. First, um, as you will see, um, it is not a crucifix. Um, and I think it's an interesting balance, perhaps, that uh, uh, an Armenian church, which has uh, never really had its state and political power, its own power over its people, it's always been a, a function of um, other states, mm -hmm. um, that uh, perhaps uh, for this reason, um, uh, well, let me not speculate on that. Uh, we, we have a, a, what is called an empty cross, but for us is a, a cross of victory and a oh, resurrection. Oh, sure. So, and this is know, the so. earliest uh, kind sure. of crosses in the, in the history of the church. Absolutely. They were never uh, featuring the, the body, the crucifix. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, they're always glorious crosses that sure. go back early centuries of the church and the mosaics, even in the, the catacombs. Sure. So what you're holding here is a symbol of the glorified cross uh, glorified cross resurrected victory. cross if uh you know if you saw the and maybe behind us you can actually see the um this is called a hachkar that means cross stone and those are the stones that are both on churches and uh architectural liturgical but also um are actually headstones and in cemeteries and you'll see there that not only is the cross um, a cross of resurrection and victory but it's usually full of life it has 
you know, etched into the stone vines and growth. Oh, right, stone, right, right. Um, uh, and showing that, again, new life through resurrection. Um, the uh, points on the side are, this is Trinitarian, that there's always, for an Armenian cross, there should be three. Uh, it's a budding cross that's, again, uh, oh, like beautiful. A, a budding flower, but also three for the Trinity. Right. And um, I think that's basically describes the cross. And you have this beautiful um, embroidered cloth with yes. the, looks like the, oh, the evangelists. Yes, absolutely. And you hold this. Tell me how you use this in church. Um, in worship, uh, whenever a priest speaks, he holds a hand cross. Um, but uh, more than that, uh, there's one part of the service um, where we uh, move about the people. They come forward and kiss the cross and they say, uh, remember me before the immortal Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, at the beginning of the service. And I say, you will be remembered, and they kiss the cross. And kissing the cross at the end of the service is also traditional. Yes. Um, and then it's used for baptisms, for funerals, for other uh, liturgical um, acts when you're blessing. Um, homes. Be it, be it water or And homes I noticed as well. in the bulletin there yeah. was a, a blessing of the homes. Sure. Home blessings. And... That is a tradition that uh, remains. Mostly Eastern Christmas is the traditional time, but any time down right, here in Florida, right, especially. Right. Yeah, this so, is great. Yeah. Um, I'm with Father. Um, <laughs> okay, his name is originally uh, um, Aramaic, right? Isn't doesn't have roots in? Well, uh, it's Armenian. It's Hovnan, Hovnan, Father Hovnan, and that's just Jonah in uh, the Armenian language. So I like to call him Jonah, but so I'm going to get that Hovnan down. Yeah. <laughs> I've been interviewing Father Hovnan, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the liturgy and talk about the, um, the beauty of the liturgy here at, at St. Hagop Church, which is also San Diego or St. James, but again, that's in Armenian. Thank you very much, Father. We'll be back, and we'll continue these, these interviews. This is Father Louis Skurdy. Let me hear from you. Father Lou Skurdy, FR, at hotmail.com. God bless you. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. 
visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev.